0: The Latter-day Lives Podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 111 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Uh, Before we get into the episode, of course, we always want to thank our reviewers. This week, we had one new five-star review from last week's guest, Andrew Knopp. Andrew, thank you. Those reviews really help people to find our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, And also, before we get into the show, I want to remind you, there is a place that is magical, in Anaheim, California. And no, I am not talking about Disneyland as magic as that is. I am talking about Bricks and Minifigs. Bricks and Minifigs, it's a a shop run by dear friends of mine. It is the place to go get Legos. They've got new, they've got used, they've got one-of-a-kind special sets. They are the one-stop aftermarket Lego shop. Check out Bricks and minifigsanaheim.com. When you're looking for that special set for someone, Christmas is coming up. It's Bricks and Mini Anaheim. Com. Okay, this week in the conversation, my guest is singer and musician Stephanie Madsen. Oh, Stephanie is just awesome. I was so impressed with her. The whole time we sat and talked, toward the end of the episode, she'll share all the different things she does to record, how she connects with fans, how she promotes herself. She is just amazing with all that she is doing. And we even get to hear some just beautiful music from her as well at the end of the episode. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'll tell you about an experience this week that got me to thinking about the special bond between Alma, Amulek, and the sons of Mosiah. It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today here in the Latter-day Live studios, what a pleasure it is to have just a rising star in the music world, Stephanie Madsen. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. I don't know how we connected. I started following you on Instagram somehow.
1: I was actually just thinking that. Did I reach out to you or did you reach out to me? I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. I just know know you from Instagram. Yeah,
1: Instagram is where it's at.
0: I always enjoy your music. You put out a lot of music on Instagram. But before we get into your music, let's hear a little bit about your younger years. Tell us where you're from.
1: Well, I was born in Colorado, but I only lived there until I was five. And then my family moved to Georgia. So I was raised in Georgia. No kidding. I should probably fake a Southern accent right now (laughs) so that you would really believe me.
0: (laughs) You consider yourself like the, the true Georgia peach?
1: I hesitate to say yes to that just because my parents grew up in Utah. And so I didn't grow up in Southern – with Southern parents in a Southern home. But I think – you know, I, I, I was there from age 5 to 18, so I yeah. consider myself a Georgia peach, yeah.
0: That's your spot. Were you, where Where in Georgia were you?
1: Peachtree City. Is the cutest peach town. Tree City. <laughs> it's the
0: cutest
1: little town. City. It's the cutest little town. I'm
0: picturing a little town square with like the full-on, you know, parade going by and <laughs> community events.
1: Well, the coolest thing about that town is they have golf carts. Everybody owns a golf cart and you can drive it when you're 14 and... You can take your kids to school on the golf cart. There's golf cart parking, like at grocery stores. You can go through, I remember going through McDonald's drive through as a little kid and getting like fries and a milkshake on the <laughs> golf cart. And there's miles of golf cart passages connect all the neighborhoods together. And
0: it sounds it's really cool. so small town USA. I love it. I
1: know. It's definitely one of a kind.
0: So, uh, were you raised in the church? Yes. Yeah. Yep. How many kids were in your family?
1: I am the oldest of four, so I mm. we only have sisters in our family. So, oldest My of four. Dad was girls. always said that he was the lucky one. So. Yeah. All of his friends were girls, like, "Oh, wow. you poor you poor guy." <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. And I'm like, "That's so rude. I'm sitting right here." <laughs> <laughs> were you
0: a traditional like alpha would would your sisters say you were a traditional alpha like you thought you kind of ran the show?
1: Oh, geez. Um, I I have an opinion on that. I wonder what they would say. Uh, (laughs) I feel like when people know that I come from a family of all girls are like, oh, my gosh, there must have been so much drama, so much, you know, emotional hormones going on. And I feel like we were fine. But I'm sure my mom probably would beg to differ. I don't know (laughs) from Uh, a different perspective. The question is what
0: your sisters would say about you, because sometimes we perceive ourselves one way.
1: I don't know what they would... I think they would say I was a good older sister. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Are you
0: close with your sisters?
1: Yeah, we're all close. That's awesome.
0: So when did you discover that you had this obvious gift for music?
1: I first started choir in seventh grade. Mm. And uh, I just felt home there. Like Being around music people, people that were like you know, artsy and just kind of unique. I feel like music people are kind of unique a little bit. Um, yeah, I would
0: agree on that for
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt at home there. And then I just stayed in choir, you know, my, my whole middle school, high school, did yeah. all the things, the musicals, the tryouts, the solos, the, I did a pageant. I did all state, you know, I just, okay. I just that's was a like, very Southern is... thing
0: though, to do a pageant, like oh. <laughs> pageants in the South. Like,
1: I hate admitting it though because I only did it for the talent portion. I'm not like a super fancy person and I don't I don't pride myself in walking around and being like, "Look at me," but I really wanted to do the talent portion and that was like yeah. the reason why I wanted to do it. And...
0: Were you a musical family? Like are your parents really musical?
1: Um, my mom, I would say is She has music talent. She took a lot of piano lessons growing up. But I don't know if she would consider herself really, really Mm. musical. But she just now started picking up the cello. Um, It's been one of her bucket list items. So she's learning the cello. Oh, that's awesome. So, And then my dad, yes, very musical. I remember my dad um, playing guitar, John Denver to me when Mm. I would go to bed at night sometimes.
0: Oh, that's a nice memory.
1: John Denver makes me, gives me all those good feels.
0: Yeah. What did you pick up first, guitar or ukulele? Because I've seen you play both.
1: So when I was in high school, I took a guitar class, and my dad got me my first guitar. And I don't feel like I learned a ton in that class. I don't know if I just, it didn't click in the moment or what, but I I started off in guitar. Mm. Um, But I didn't really pick it up. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't like fall in love as hard as I thought I would at that time. Um, and then, and then after high school, I, I wanted to go to a music school, a music college. And this was a crazy time in our family's life. My dad, he was actually battling cancer for eight years.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And he passed away my senior year of high school.
0: Oh, Stephanie.
1: So it was just like, you know, rocked our whole world and yeah, um, so we were in Georgia, and I, I wanted to go to a music school, but it's just the timing of it and the price tag on those music schools and just everything going on, it just didn't happen. And we ended up flying – my mom and I ended up flying out to Utah. We toured BYU, BYU-Idaho, and Utah State. And when we went to BYU-Idaho, we had a tour, and we ended up stopping in the – back at the at that time, it was just – What do they call that place? Just like the auditorium. Yeah. And they're playing like this upbeat Christian music. And I just got this flood of chills and I just Mm. knew that I needed to go there, but I was crying because I didn't want to. (laughs) 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 It was so far away from home. I knew like the price tag that would be, you know, just emotionally and just physically being so far away from my family. And I really, as an older sister, I felt like I wanted to be close to my family and help them out with... I can imagine, especially
0: after your father passes away, you got three younger sisters and you got your mom, and boom, you graduate.
1: Yeah, peace out.
0: So there's this torn, I need to be strong for my family, I'm the oldest, everything else, but I need to pursue my life. What was that time like faith-wise? I mean, you've been raised in the church, you were raised, you know, knowing, knowing the values, but I can imagine how challenging that must have been.
1: You know, going to a church school, I think, kept my perspective, right? Mm. Because they had Tuesday devotionals that I would always go to. And, you know, all the classes start and end with a prayer. And there's always, like, a spiritual undertone to some of the classes. And I remember calling. I got really close to my grandma during that period of time. This is my dad's mom. Mm. And uh, I would just call her whenever I was having a hard time. And um, I don't know. I think... I never... My faith didn't really get shaken with that experience. Um I think it was just a mourning and just a loss. You know, I, yeah. I know that he's alive, you mm. know, and I know I have got very specific... I'll tell you about them if you want me to. It has to do with music. Um, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, spiritual experiences, just knowing that my dad is present and he is involved and he knows what we're doing in our life mm. and he wants to show us that he loves us and... So I, yeah, as far as my faith goes, I, I, I don't think it really was shaken. I mean, I just yeah. I knew that family was forever, you know, mm. super sad, oh, but I wasn't gosh, oh like, my gosh. I wasn't like, yeah. oh, the church isn't true.
0: Yeah. You know so what yeah, I mean? People it was just, kind of tend to turn, in my experiences. Mm-hmm. It's, it either strengthens their faith and hope. I mean I you know, I lost a brother oh. and, and through that it strengthened me actually, it strengthened my faith. Like
2: mm. I,
0: I actually remember the day of his funeral thinking, Well now it better be true.
2: <laughs> like, yes.
0: You know, it was one thing when my grandparents passed, but I've lost a brother now. Right. Gosh, this this darn well better all be true and I doubled down. Right. But I know other people who it's tried their faith. It sounds mm. like it was uh, like you leaned on the church. Yeah. At that time.
2: Yeah. That's
0: I awesome.
2: Uh,
1: there's a neighbor that I was talking to. We used to live in California, and she doesn't know if she believes in the afterlife, you know? And and that thought to me, I don't know. I don't know how I could go about living and losing yeah. people and not have that knowledge that I would see them again. I mean, I would just be a depressed person, for sure.
0: Yeah, that thought that loss is forever would be too much. Yeah. So you end up going to the big BYU, Idaho. <laughs> And you learned what I like to call special cold.
2: Oh, my
1: gosh. Yes, I did.
0: (laughs) Rexburg is special cold. I mean, it just is. It is so cold. How do you keep a guitar tuned in Rexburg?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even... I did not... Okay, so here's my little story with BYU-Idaho. I wanted to major in vocal performance, um, and I started off in those classes, and I realized I was in a little music room by myself... A lot of the day, mm. um, and I just thought I'm I'm never going to meet anybody doing this. You know, I'm never going to like have a social life if I have to spend eight hours a day in a music room by myself. And I just started getting a bad feeling about the major, and um, I, I didn't know what else to do because that's all I ever wanted to do was yeah. sing, and that was like the you know the one obvious major that I wanted. And I ended up changing it because I just felt. Like I needed to do something different. And so I just changed it to communications, um, just something broad so that I can decide later what I wanted to really mm-hmm. do. And I end up meeting my husband in the first class of my new major.
0: No kidding. So
1: I think I was supposed to switch it over, but I ended up not majoring in music. It was communications. Wow. So
0: it's yeah. a, It's incredible how often a stupor of thought will lead to answers. Like yeah. it seems like the stupor of thought should be the opposite of an answer.
2: Like you weren't sure what
0: you wanted to do. Yeah. Feels like, oh no, why am I going through this, you know, lack of direction? Yeah. Then you switch it up and you meet your husband. Tell us how you met your husband.
1: So it was a communications class. I I think it was like intro to public speaking. And it was a, I think it was an 8 a.m. class. And he's always, he's very prompt about always on time when I was always like racing down the hill, you know, (laughs) getting there like five minutes after is what he says. I, I feel like I was there on time most of the time, but he was like, oh no, you were late quite a few times. And he would always kind of nonchalantly like, put his book bag on the chair next to his, and then whenever I would get in, he would move it so that there'd be a little open spot for
0: oh, me. Oh, man, that's He played slick. it smooth, and yeah. he was like,
1: oh, my, my girls always run late, so I'll just put a book bag right here to save her spot.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs> so
1: we just, it was a communication.
0: And then you started speaking. dating from there. Where's he from?
1: He's from Northern California. Oh, yeah. So complete opposite sides of the country. Yeah. And uh,
0: And suddenly you realize this place is very cold and no humidity. Oh, the lack of humidity, and you live in Utah now, so you've gone from the most humid to the least humid. <laughs> yeah. That's a big difference.
1: I'll never forget the first time my nose hairs froze. <laughs> I mean, that experience, I think everybody needs to experience that uh, at least once in their life. Yeah. It's bizarre.
0: So did you guys get married while you were still going to BYU-Idaho?
1: Yeah. I got married my sophomore year at um, in Salt Lake City, at uh, the Salt Lake Temple. Incredible. His parents and my parents both got married there, so we wanted to do it there. Plus, I have a lot of extended family in Utah, and he's got some, too, so it just That's kind of awesome. worked
0: out. How long have you guys been married now?
1: We got married in 07.
0: Yeah, so, so 12 years. 12 years? Yeah. That is just awesome. So you finish up school, I assume? You guys both yep, finished up both school finished. up there? Yeah. And then what was next?
1: Um. Well, at that point, I kind of just uh, dabbled here and there in music, but didn't really um, pursue it a ton just because now I'm married and, and then I got pregnant and then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kind of give up on it, on my music, just because my initial idea of music was like touring and like doing all these yeah. things that is not really family friendly.
0: I think a lot of people face feeling like it's a choice that maybe isn't there. Right. I mean, it seems like, do I want to choose my dreams or my family, which sounds horrible like because right. our family is our right. dreams. For certainly. Sure, yeah. But, uh, so for a little while you felt like it had to go on the
1: back shelf. Oh yeah, for sure. I yeah. thought it just had to go away. Like, yeah. So anyways, my husband, he, um, he started off majoring in, uh, de- in what was it? Some science major. Cause he wanted to go to be a dentist and then he switched it. Um, cause I didn't feel like his personality quite fit, mm. um, those hard chemistry classes. And so he switched to business and so he started majoring in business, um, and he graduated in business. And then uh, he wanted to do real estate, but the real estate market crashed during that time. Mm, and yeah. so um, he just ended up doing some side jobs. And anyway, so we moved to Colorado. I was nine months pregnant. And I had my first. And he is now eight years old. Wow. And then um, we have a two-year gap. And now, and now I have a son named Patrick. And so he's six. And they're both at school right now. And
0: uh, while we're on this track... You've got two kids.
1: Yes. I got a baby girl I'm cooking up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How far along are you?
1: I'm almost halfway. I'm halfway. I'm 19 weeks and like three days.
0: you excited about the girl?
1: I'm so excited about the girl. I don't know if you saw it. We posted a video on my Instagram of um, the gender reveal. We did a balloon popping thing. Oh, did you? (laughs) And, oh my gosh, I felt like it was a girl before we even conceived. Like, I just knew that there was like this girl... um, And so I just knew there was this girl, but there was like that little thought, like, what if it's not, you know? And anyways, I was very excited to find out that it was a girl.
0: I I don't, obviously, I don't know how it all works on the other side, you know, they, uh, there was this veil put up there. So I I don't know. I don't remember before and I don't know what comes next exactly. But is there some comfort or, or joy? I know there is for me, but have you had the thought of, wow, my dad actually got to hang out with my kids or know them or see them or something.
1: I love thinking about that. Um, I see my dad's eyes in my oldest son mm. and I put them both in baseball because my dad was a really big baseball fan or not a fan, but he was a really good baseball player. He was a pitcher, um, phenomenal. And I want my boys to really get into baseball, but they just didn't, it didn't click for them. So they're into soccer, but... Yeah, for sure. I I love that idea. And, yeah. and I know that he knows them. Mm. And um,
0: I believe that I really believe that I believe that part of it. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're together, or even if there is something to be together or right. how it all happens. But I believe that on the other side, the before and after there's, there's that knowledge, or there's the familiarity, or something.
1: Right, I know. I, I I do get sad though when I'm like, you know, eating at a restaurant and I see like this grandpa with like his grandkids, and I just get like this feeling of like sadness because I'm like, I I don't get to physically see this yeah. like in my life, and um, but then I just have to remember, you know, everyone has their thing, and and one yeah. day like it will be all well. So. And
0: that's the whole message of the gospel, right there. Yeah, it is. Well, so let's go back to you had kind of put music on the back burner. Maybe it's not going to be. Did, at any point, did you think, okay, I don't have a career in music. This that that ship has sailed.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I was two babies in, and you know, in the trench of of new motherhood and all the joys and hardships that come with it, and yeah. I found myself really depressed. And we had all the things. My husband had a great job. I got the kids. You know, we have the house, we have our health, you know, we had all the things. And I just was like, so depressed. (laughs) And I called my mom one time. And she said, you need to start, like doing music lessons or something, because you need to get back in. That's, that's where your passion is, you need to do something for you. And I just thought, well, I'm a mom now, like, you sign your kid up for guitar lessons. You don't like yeah. go as a mom. Like that's something that you do for your kids. Like I'm past that. You know, I, I did that. I don't know what else to do now. And, and do so. you think that's
0: a cultural thing within the church? Because I, I mean, I I think that you know probably my wife went has gone through. I have. I think a lot of us go through that. The now that time is over because it's time to get serious. Now I've got to be the dad or the mom or whatever. Is that a cultural thing within the church or do you think we just do it to ourselves?
1: I think, I think it could be like a universal thing if the mom like really wants to be the most amazing mom. Yeah. Because I think when, when a mom wants to be an amazing mom in their head universally, I believe they are so selfless. They give, Mm -hmm. they give everything out the window and there it's like a hundred percent kid. Yeah. A hundred percent family. And, and I think that's, I think it's common for a lot of moms regardless of. Religion. I
0: sure don't think Instagram helps that any. Instagram kind of paints this picture of certain people being super moms, like, yep. oh, we've really got to live up to that, like, oh, I, I got to be like that one Instagram post,
1: mompreneur, the mompreneur, <laughs> mom yeah. boss, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, did you start taking lessons again?
1: So I thought about it, and I was like, why not? Why not? So I, I signed up for guitar lessons, and it was just like the stars all aligned. And the I'll never forget the first time I met my guitar teacher. We shook hands, and we sat down, and he was like, what are you wanting to do? And I was like, I don't know, learn guitar, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I didn't think there was anything that could be done, and I just needed to be happy. And my mom told me to do this thing. And um, he ended up being the producer of my first album.
0: No kidding. So, so how, he, did that, how does that go from... Okay, I'll wade back into the waters. I'll you know take a lesson here and there yeah. to hang hey, out an album.
2: I know it
1: just became an addiction like mm. i the spark was reignited, and I think even more so than when I was younger. um I don't know why, but I just felt so much passion and and what we ended up doing is we would do guitar lessons, but then we'd we'd kind of get sidetracked and we'd do songwriting and that That was really addicting. It's just, you know, coming up with a concept and trying to formulate it and to make it work in a song, and then, you know, meeting every week was just really fulfilling. Feeling like I was progressing in life and and just doing something that I was so passionate about. And so all of a sudden, we had like twelve songs.
0: And so these are Mm. all originals.
1: Yeah, we co wrote those. Yeah.
0: That is just amazing.
1: Yeah, and And so yeah, he put it together on an album. Yeah, he was like, "Let's do a Kickstarter." And uh, I was so thankful for everybody who came in and supported me in that first album and and made it happen. And
0: did the Kickstarter fully fund?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We no even went kidding. higher yeah, than that? our amount, and it was. It so was what's really the good. first album called? So it's called Fly, and it's just symbolic. The first song on the album is called Fly, and it's just symbolic of flying and and of being uh free in your dreams and free to pursue them and not feeling mm. i always felt like i was like a bird trapped in a bird cage and um. i didn't know how to get out of that and it was so frustrating whenever i would hear a, a really awesome song on the radio i'd be like i want to be doing
2: that like,
1: <laughs> ah. and i just didn't know how and and this first album i just felt like it just opened that little bird cage and let me out and fly and so i call it fly
0: at the risk of over What is the style of your music? If you were to tell someone, or at least that first album, what would you say the style is?
1: Yeah, um, I would say that my style is kind of shifting. Um, My producer uh, on my first album, Chuck Davies, he's an awesome person, and he um, produced the album, and he put a lot of the instruments on the album. And that album, I would say, has a more... um, Country flair maybe or um I don't know. There's there's some electric guitar in there, mm. there's drums, there's you know, there's stuff happening. Yeah. And and then when that album was released, we ended up moving to California. And so um I wanted to take music with me, and so I asked him if he could help teach me how to do what he did so I could mm. you know be independent yeah. and do this on my own when I'm not physically in his presence. And so I bought all the equipment that he had, and then he trained me via Skype um, oh, on so how cool. to be a producer and a mixer and master music, and and just the the whole picture of it. He taught me, and so I, I owe a lot. I owe so much to him for teaching me um, how to do this music thing online because I awesome. I'm not touring. I don't yeah. I don't play shows all over the country. You know, I I do that. I stay at home on purpose because I've got my family that I want to be there for. But I I do have this passion of music. Ah,
0: What an awesome blend. What took you out to California?
1: um, So my husband, actually, we did a little 360, and he decided to go back to dental school. And so we went back to California. His dad's a dentist, and um, he took some more classes to prepare him for dental school. And that's why we're in Utah. He's at um, in South Jordan-Roseman, the dental school there. So How cool. We're here for a little while.
0: What a wild, what a wild trek. Where did you live we in California? We kind of like
1: went all around the country. Uh, we lived in Chico, California. Yeah, That's yeah. where he's from. So
0: Chico's a cool area.
1: Yeah, very eclectic.
0: Yeah, a lot of college students. Yes. But, <laughs> but like polar opposite from Provo.
1: Um, yes. <laughs> Chico is
0: the number one party school in the country.
1: <laughs> That's what everyone always says. Yeah, I think that was rated number one like... I don't know how long ago. Yeah, that may
0: have been in '80s. It was thing. a while we ago. We always heard that growing up. I grew up not too far from Chico. That
1: was like always so the first thing people we tell heard me. that a lot. Oh, yeah, to party school. Okay.
0: So you're just in Utah for a while.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, it's dental school is a four year program, so he will be done. He's we're Let's see. He started last year, so we got three years left.
0: Awesome. So, so you release your first album. You see how it's all kind of done. By the way, I'm always amazed. Uh, you know, if this was. Fifteen years ago, yeah. the equipment didn't exist, Mm-mm. the online ability didn't exist, nope. and we couldn't talk about it because podcasts didn't exist. So like wow, all I'm so grateful things. to be
1: alive now <laughs>
0: right I mean that's what I think though, right yeah. I like I look at it and y- you know artists used to be so beholden to who has a studio, who has the equipment? Who can we know? get studio time? Do I have the money for a producer and studio time? And now the tools are yeah. just unbelievable, right? Yeah,
1: anybody, literally anybody, can do this.
0: Uh, just is awesome. So first album comes out, to obviously a big hit. You're all excited. Yeah. What comes next in your music career?
2: Um.
1: Well, we moved. Yeah. And so that was a big shift in our family. My husband, you know, was going to be going to school more, and and so. Um, but I didn't want to give up music, and so I, I was taught you know, how to make music, and so I released a Christmas album. Mm. So I, I was trying to think, what do my listeners want? Like I want to give them what they want, and I know that everybody loves Christmas music, and I've always wanted to make a Christmas album, and so I have a Christmas album out. I did that in 2017, and it's very soothing. Mm. I would describe it as very yeah. soothing, um, lots of harmonies. I like to just throw in multiple of me's. So you into... harmonize with yourself. It is so fun. Is it all you on the album? It's all. Or are me.
0: there no other artists? On
1: Not there? on the Christmas one.
0: On the Christmas one, right? Yeah,
1: it's it's all me. Um, I play piano on there. I think I do guitar and some percussion. I probably get my shaker out. You know, <laughs>
0: that's so fun.
1: But harmonizing with myself is so fun. You're never able to do that unless you can record yourself, right? And so when I was able to do a really good like first, you know, take of the main vocal line, just. Being creative and finding harmonies mm. I think match well is like so so fun. I'm such a nerd. No, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I can see the passion <laughs> I'm in your such face. A nerd. I love it. Yeah,
0: I love it. So tell us how an independent recording artist. How do you get your music out there?
1: Um, online. I I don't like I said I don't do a lot of shows. I'll do house concerts, local ones every every once in a while. Um, but Facebook, Instagram, yeah. It's is all where social. it's at. Yeah, it's totally social. Yeah. I do YouTube, but I find that it's hard for people to share that. But on Facebook, you just press that share button and it just makes it go around yeah. and around. So, oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Did you do Kickstarter for your Christmas album as well?
1: No. Um, because I had already bought all my equipment, um, it was just an amount. It was just a labor of love, you know, like just like time was what I did to get that album out and going. Um, But I do have a music membership and that is what funds the stuff that I'm doing on a regular basis.
0: Okay. So tell our listeners how that works.
1: Yeah. So it's on Patreon and um, it's a membership platform and I'm on there, Stephanie Madsen, and I release two new clean and meaningful songs every month. Mm. And um, people can choose to support me at whatever level I offer different rewards for whatever level they want to support me in. And then it's per song. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I'm able to help my family while my husband's in dental school. And I'm able to stay home. And I can work it around my family's schedule. And it's just the biggest blessing. I didn't know that this type of a platform existed. And I don't think it did back in when I was in high school thinking about what I can do with this music thing. I didn't think that this type of thing would ever exist. Yeah. That I could do it from home. I didn't think I was capable of like having the knowledge of working a studio and owning a studio. Like I don't consider myself a super techie person. And so that was just kind of not even in the question, you know, it was out of the question for me to have my own studio and do it all myself when I was in high school. But then when I was taught and I, I can do it now. And and I have like this membership where I've got, I call it my music family. Mm. And they are just the best.
0: So if people want to check that out, they can go to patreon.com. A lot of mm-hmm. our guests have been on Patreon, which is yeah. a great platform. Yeah. You go in, it's a monthly commitment, uh, but you can cancel at any time. Mm-hmm. But then you can see the different levels. If you pledge this much per month, you get this reward. If you pledge this much per month. Right. And what I'll tell you what I love is that you're such a – and I want this – in, in the best way you're such a normal mom like you know all these things but then i'm hearing you know yeah and then we used uh kickstarter and patreon and i've got my <laughs> own music studio about the equipment and i'm putting all this stuff out like i mean i'm trying to find a phrase other than mom boss like Aww. you're kind of like just Aww, killing it right now so stephanie Thank it's you. so fun like i Aww. love hearing all this and i think it should be inspiring to our listeners that when our listeners have passions for whatever, there are tools to actually make a go of it that weren't available before. And Mm -hmm. you've kind
1: of figured them all out. I feel like... um I had this underlying drive to make this lucrative because my husband was going to be in dental school and everyone always told us, "Oh my gosh, your life is going to be the worst while your husband's in dental school. He's not going to be there. You're going to be doing the single mom thing. You're going to have no money." Like everyone just kept like jabbing at us and I was like, "No, that is not going to be my life. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to do this thing." Oh, and
0: uh, I just love it. So I
1: think there was that drive behind it, but I also really really love the fact that there are people that will help you you just have to find those people and ask for their help and their tutoring and and that's the only way I've been able to have all the knowledge and the resources to to do it myself is because someone taught me like it wasn't just I discovered it all myself because if it were up to me it would take me 15 years to to get all the knowledge and
0: and now you're helping others you're doing some lessons tell us about that
1: yeah, I uh I do online lessons actually. So, I've got, you know, I've got some singers, um some guitar and ukulele players um and they the age ranges, you know, but I try to keep my lessons at a minimum just because I want the focus to be um on making music for right. my for my music family and um And so I do, I keep all my lessons on one day a week. And I try to do that when my, when my kids are in school so that I can kind of work around there. And
0: we have a new album coming out from Stephanie Madsen. Tell us about that.
1: I am so excited. This one's called Songs of Grace and Glory. And this title was voted on by my music family and they picked that title. So, um, it's a worship album. It's full of 16 cover Christian songs and, um, Man, I just, I love singing about Christ and I love worshiping him through music. And I found that my listeners love when I sing about Christ, mm. like they feel something in it. And so instead of, you know, releasing all these singles, I just wanted to compile it into an album and make it like a little book so that it's all there. And,
0: oh, that's awesome. So. Um, when you say Christian music, is it more like the Christian pop music or is this... More songs that Latter day Saints would historically recognize.
1: Yeah. So the majority of it um are classic traditional hymns like um, How Great Thou Art, Amazing oh, okay. Great. So more
0: hymn style.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I do have like some Corey Asbury. I've got um I did a cover of You Say by Lauren Daigle. Mm. Um And then I did have some collaborations on this album, which I'm very, oh my gosh, honored to have. Um, Camille Nelson, she is a phenomenal guitarist and she played guitar on two songs. I Stand All Amazed Mm. is on the album and um, Not For A Moment by Meredith Andrews. How cool. And then I have her brother actually played violin on Be Still My Soul. And so it's going to be very soothing. There will be some more upbeat ones because I, I do throw the ukulele in there on some of the songs because um, I do teach ukulele and I'm doing Yeah, you play a lot
0: of ukulele. Yeah. I, I notice on your Instagram feed that...
1: Well, I have, an, I have a little tiny side job that I do with um, Ohana, the ukulele company, oh, okay. and they ship ukuleles to me and I do tutorials on YouTube. And then I ship this, the ukuleles back. And you have then, so many things going on. Stephanie. They're kind of like, little side jobs. That I know I have probably too many side jobs, you, but they're so fun. They're fun jobs. You are
0: a. I
1: love my jobs. You're kind of a
0: business <laughs> onion. I keep getting these layers and layers and layers. That's of all. What that's you're doing.
1: all. It's just a little bit of teaching my two songs. You know, I. Yeah. I and then my little ukulele thing.
0: So yeah. if people want to hear the new album of Faith Faith songs, is is it still? Um, uh, patreon is, is that still the best way to hear that or is there a different way or what's the best so, way if people want to hear that album
1: yeah that's a really good question um my patrons get first listens mm. to all the songs so they've had a chance to hear all the songs off of the album cool. first before anyone else has and and um, i'll probably have them vote on the order and and do some stuff that involves them because i just value their support so much but um, when you're a part of my music family on Patreon, you get all the digitals it's included in all the rewards. Awesome. Um, but I will have the physical CDs available on my website, stephaniemadsenmusic.com. And mm. then I'll have it on iTunes and Amazon and the digitals, um, will be available on there. So I'm
0: going to repeat that stephaniemadsenmusic.com. It's M-A-D-S-E-N. Mm-hmm music.com but then to be on iTunes and all these great platforms that people can check it out. Yeah. Stephanie, that is just amazing. When do you think the new album might come out?
1: So all of these songs are recorded and I am going to order the physical copies once my pre orders are done. So pre orders are now through October fourteenth. I'll do the submission of the physical CDs then and then hopefully we'll haul we'll have everything out on November first
0: little hint to our listeners, <clears throat> Christmas coming up.
2: Yes. <laughs> Make a
0: great gift. Yeah. Play some of the music in the home.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just awesome. So the, the, the horrible question, what's next? Do you know yet what's next musically? <laughs> well, or?
1: Baby is next.
0: Okay, Baby is you definitely next. got to have Baby
1: next. <laughs> Wait, do we have a name for her yet?
0: Or you don't, wanna, oh, you no, don't have to say Oh, we've got here. a
1: name for sure. Her name's Allie. A l y, and it's really crazy how we came up with her name. Let's hear it. Um, so one day, this is not when we were dating, but Stephen, my husband, on his hand, he noticed after we had already had our two kids that his veins on his right hand spell out A l y. No
0: way! I will show you
1: a picture on my phone.
0: Oh my gosh! That's and he so showed me this, funny. and like
1: we didn't have any girls, you know, and so it, I've been haunted by this, you know. There's this. There's this alley on his hand, and, and we don't have a girl. <laughs> you know, so. Allie. Oh, that's <laughs> so
0: great. That's her name. What a great story and a great connection yeah, to you crazy, and him. But- yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. Well, this has just been awesome uh for our listeners since this is not video, you don't see the ukulele sitting over uh oh. <laughs> next to Stephanie. We're going to get to hear a little bit of music, which is such a treat. I love it when musicians do music. Uh we're going to wrap up with the final question which we ask all of our guests and then we'll we'll pause for a second to come back and then we'll we'll hear a little music, but before we do, I want to remind people they can find you on Instagram. It's Stephanie Madsen Music on Instagram as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: StephanieMadsenMusic and then Patreon. Just search for Stephanie Madsen.
2: Yep,
1: patreon.com. So many stuff.
0: ways. If you want to hear Stephanie's music, there is no
1: excuse <laughs>
0: for not hearing it.
1: I've got myself on your on YouTube as well. So if anyone's a YouTube on fan.
0: YouTube, gosh, everywhere you turn, it's Stephanie Madsen everywhere. Yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> So, uh, Stephanie, we're going to wrap up with this final question. We ask all of our guests. So I'll be fascinated to hear. What does being a member of the church mean to you?
1: I think it means so many things to me, but the word that comes to mind today is guidance. Mm. There are so many people, you know, public figures, Instagram people, and, and just people in general that, that proclaim certain truths or certain viewpoints or um, what they think is right. Like, what's the healthiest thing to eat? What's the, you know, there's so many, so many things that people can say, but the church gives me guidance and Mm -hmm. it just kind of centers me. And it, it just, you know, through prayer and through, you know, meditation and revelation, you know, the Lord will guide me and anybody who seeks for his help in their life. And I think guidance is so needed in everybody's life. You only get one life to live and, you know, you want it to be well and you want to be guided well. And I'm just very grateful for the guidance that I have through the gospel because it helps helps me make choices that I won't regret, you know? You're not going to regret these choices if you do yeah. what they say and and um, the peace that comes with it. Also, you just can't replace that either. So uh,
0: I love it. She is a mom, a mom to be, a wife, a music producer, singer, ukulele player, <laughs> instructor, <a laughs> spokesperson. I mean geez, I could I'm gonna oh, run man. out of time for all of the awesome titles and most of all just an awesome daughter of God and we are about to hear some music so we're going to pause and we'll, we'll come back with some music)
2: heart dust You're some making trophies out of us Making something out of nothing is what you do Yeah, your work is never finished and it's never past due To a brand new name, and the blood of the king running through our veins. Yeah, there's hidden gold in these jars of clay, and all these hidden crowns will be revealed one day. Yeah, we'll lay them down at your feet. the
0: Special thanks to Stephanie Madsen. She is such a talented performer, but I was just so impressed. I was impressed with her. She's just a really nice person and was great to talk to. But then also the way that she uses uh, Kickstarter and Patreon and YouTube and all these digital tools to connect with her fans and to build up a fan base. And then on top of it, all she's doing as a mom and uh, all the good in the world. She is just awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, This week in my Latter-day life, I had a great experience on Saturday. Uh, A dear friend of mine, Brad, uh, stopped by my house. Now, I knew Brad as Elder Nichols about 28 years ago. We were in the mission together, and we were never companions, but uh, he was always a very dear friend of mine. We've stayed in touch since, but he uh, lives out in Atlanta, and of course I live here in Utah. But he was coming through town, and he came by, And we visited for about three hours. And we caught up on what's happening now, of course, in our lives. And, hey, have you heard from this guy? And have you talked to that guy? And then we started swapping some stories from the mission. And it was just so awesome to catch up with such a dear friend. And, you know, sometimes I'll go a few years without seeing Brad, like years and then we catch up right away, and it's that way with so many of my mission friends, that we have this awesome special bond. And then uh, earlier, as I was doing my scripture study, I'm in uh, Alma where we're talking about uh, we're reading about Alma and Amulek, and I've uh, been you know studying them and the sons of Mosiah. And they talk about how great their joy is when they see each other. And I've always been impressed with the bond that Alma and Amulek have together, how much confidence and they have in each other and how much love they have for each other. And I think that so much of that is because when you serve side by side with somebody, when you serve the Lord, that creates a bond unlike any other. I had that on my mind as I went to church this week. And I bumped into some friends who I had worked with them in a a presidency, in a Sunday school presidency. And we had a bond because I still remember doing the Lord's work for Sunday school. And I had uh, someone who came up to me this week and said, I just want you to know, I sure miss having you as our gospel doctrine teacher. Well, gosh, I haven't been a gospel doctrine teacher for like, I don't know, seven years, something like that. But he still remembered. We had that bond. And that's what the gospel is. And I think it's so important, the more that we minister, the more that we, you know, I I look at families I home-taught years ago, and we had that bond, and that's a bond that never goes away. It's the bond that Alma and Amulek had with each other, that Alma had with the sons of Mosiah. I mean, just this joy of service together, and it's one that I will have, I'm sure, if I'm still alive in 30 or 40 years, when I see old friends from Chile that I served with on the mission. We will always have that bond. It is in Christ, and it makes it so special. And I'm so grateful that Brad stopped by and that I still get to stay in touch with so many of my old mission friends. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you want to reach out directly to me, I can be reached at sean at latterdaylives.com. That's S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on uh, Twitter, all of the social media. And then I also wanted to mention, you know, uh, you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably already have a favorite platform, whether you stream it from our feed on SoundCloud or if you listen to it uh, through Stitcher or TuneIn or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But we are also uh, available on Spotify And I just found out we're on iHeartRadio as well. So we can be reached just about anywhere. If you have friends who might be interested, we would love for you to, to share our show with them. So until we meet again, there is a great big beautiful world out there. Go be in it. Just not of it. Thanks for
2: listening.